I think it's really important for us as adults to take the mindset of a student and as a learner and remember what it's like to learn something new, to feel uncomfortable and remind ourselves of what we're capable of because we write ourselves off a little too frequently. And we say, well, that's not me. I couldn't do that. And I like to challenge that and say, no, you can, you actually are capable. It's never too late to learn. And it's been really fun to see that work in spaces outside of education as well. host and Emily Ken. And before we start with today's show, please remember to visit mindset.zone. Yes, instead of .com, it's .zone. There you can find all the episodes and other amazing resources, all at mindset.zone. Today, our special guest is Dr. Jen Mott. She is a keynote speaker, a teacher, educator, assistant principal, and also a juggler, stilt walker, balloon artist, and fire performer. Here we are going to speak about different dimensions of juggling life and work so that we can tap into our highest potential as individuals and teams. Welcome to the Mindset Zone, Jen. Hello, thank you so much for having me. I'm happy to be here. And you have this so fascinating mixture of being an educator, a keynote speaker, and also a circus performer. So tell us a little bit about that. How did you become a circus performer? Sure. So I really appreciate you having me on here just to tell a little bit of my story. And I've loved getting to know you as well and your story. But really, how I became a circus performer has to do with what I'll be talking about a little bit today is the concept of saying yes. And so at its simplest form, I became a circus performer simply because I said yes to an opportunity that a lot of people have and maybe think of their own reasons that they don't do it. And so for me, I was at a festival. I was I just graduated from high school, saw some people on stilts juggling. And again, I think people see uh, entertainers a lot at events. And it just struck my attention. My friends and I wanted to go get our picture taken with them. And we went over to talk to them and just loved hearing more about how they got into it. And I was just having fun saying, I can juggle too, because I just happened to know how to, but certainly not in professional capacity. And we just started talking. I juggled for them just in a funny way. And of course they said, well, you can get paid for this. And I was so fascinated that they actually got paid to be there and juggle and be on stilts. And so I asked more questions and they invited me to a practice. And as they say, the rest is history. I just kept saying, yes, I went to a practice, I went to another practice, and all of a sudden it became my college job, turned into a sort of side hustle and a merging of my careers over the years. And so now here we are, 16 years later, still as a professional entertainer with the Cincinnati Circus Company. I, I love that. So you always said, I'll just say, seems like you were doing the juggling, uh, like, okay, I can juggle. I see things on the TV or somewhere else, and I, I think I can do that. And you are trying, and you managed to to do something, I imagine, with three objects. Correct. Um, and, okay, I get that is a lot of coordination and some <laughs> effort to put to sure. on it. But 
you, you did it. So you, you had that confidence that I can do this. And you seem that, are you an extrovert in terms of personality wise? I definitely love meeting people. I think that's fair, a fair assessment. I love meeting people. I love getting to know their stories. Uh, I love getting to know like how they got into something, especially if it's unique or different. And I just think we all have a lot to offer to the world. And I love getting to hear more about what other people are bringing to the spaces they've gotten involved in. So for me that night, I did know how to juggle, but I, I always say, nothing fancy. I just, I just happened to know because I was a student athlete. I played a lot of sports growing up. So there was that hand-eye coordination piece and being able to juggle was helpful in some of the sports I played. But again, I certainly wasn't looking to get paid for it or join the circus as a result. <laughs> that was a surprise. And that attitude of yes, and I will figure out later, they invite you to a practice and say, why not? And mm -hmm. there you went. Yeah. And then you went, it's like, my daughter is a teenager now and she loves Starbucks. And she'll say, oh, one day I can work at Starbucks because she likes Starbucks. Mm -hmm. you, were, uh, you realize that you could be paid for something that you do for fun. Well, was like, whoa, I, it, this was, it sounds good. It definitely unlocked a whole new level of life for me. That's how I felt, yes. <laughs> so I think I have to reverse my order of questions here because I think more than uh, why do you become a circus performer is how do you become an educator? Mm -hmm. So I, I really always wanted to be a teacher. I come from a family of educators, um, my family's. Um, very proud educators in various capacities, both teaching and admit school administration or higher education administration. And so I knew I wanted to be a teacher. I got fascinated with the Spanish language early on in junior high and high school. So I quickly knew I wanted to be a Spanish teacher. And I went into Spanish education in college. And it was kind of a very quick and easy decision. I was always very thankful to have a clear conscience about what I wanted to do and who I wanted to be in the field of education. And so getting a job right out of college as a Spanish teacher was amazing. I got to work with students um, and take them to Spain and also bring students, uh, bring Spanish students to the United States and have them live with host families here in Cincinnati. So just being able to teach students about other parts of the world and other cultures and languages was a really fun example of the extrovert of me and getting to be able to talk to others. And then I also taught English to speakers of other languages as well, also known as ESL or ESOL. So a lot of our international students coming and learning English was something else that was exciting for me. And I love the contrasts because it seems that at 18, you already had a plan. Uh, or they say you already knew that you want to be a teacher, a Spanish teacher, an educator. Yes, you had that in the family. The circus was the, like the hobby. Oh, I can be paid for this, yes. right? Yes. So instead of waitering, you did circus. Why not? Exactly. Uh, um, and another passion of yours is traveling. Yes, very much so. And, and you travel a lot correct? I have been known to. It's a little tricky in this post-COVID world, <laughs> yes. but I was, uh, I really, my, my parents are from Ohio and Pennsylvania, but they met in London. So we, we blame it on them. They started it. And so my brother and I have been fortunate enough to travel to uh, many countries. For me, I've traveled to as many countries as I am years old. And for my and for my brother, he has actually been to over 130 countries. Wow. So uh, we both have been fortunate just to experience new cultures and languages as a result of that. And my parents have also traveled with us. So pre-COVID in 2019, 
while working full-time, I always say it's not like travel is part of my job at all because I'm a full-time school educator. So there's no travel involved there. So pre-COVID, I actually went to uh, 10 different countries in 2019 alone on 40 flights. And so that was just one year in between on weekends and breaks and summer and winter break. And so that was a really amazing opportunity. And I was on track to do that, to do that and more in 2020. And we all know what happened. So I'm excited to get back out of it um, and back out into the world. But for now, I'm experiencing our own world of the United States and getting to experience new places around here in the domestic world, which has been great. Yeah, and it's amazing the the diversity that we have here in the different states. It's so it's really like travel to different countries with the same language. It's true. Uh, it's been a great reminder for me, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But I love that. And the international travel, yes, was not part of your job description, but you use that as a way of connecting with the students that English was not the first language that mm -hmm. they came here to study. So you use that in your professional life as an educator. But it took you a little bit longer to integrate the circus with your job as an educator, correct? Correct. So I really did think that my college job of being in the circus was always just going to be a funny story to tell that my four year, <laughs> my four year college career would just be, oh yeah, I worked in the circus in college. And I just loved it so much that when it came time to graduate and get my first teaching job, I started talking to mentors of mine. And of course my boss in the circus, Dave, who had also been a teacher and was just challenged to think if I really like it and it brings me joy and I'm still able to fit it into my life, you know, the busiest times with the circus are weekends in summer, which is the most free I am with being a teacher. And so it really ended up working out well, where I just decided to keep it going and make it a supplemental income or what some would say a side hustle or a side hobby that actually pays. And so it's been incredible to see that evolve over the years. And I just kept saying yes each year. And here I am now, I'm this coming fall will be 16 years in the circus and, you know, 12 years in my uh, professional career as an educator. So it's been quite the experience to have both. Uh, but in the beginning, it was almost like a secret life. You like try to uh, uh, keep the two very separate. Do people in, in do your students when you start knew that you were a circus performer? A little bit. It came out, you know, here and there. I certainly was private about it in the sense that I started as a high school Spanish teacher. And so when you're right out of college, you're only a few years older than high school students. And so I felt like, oh my gosh, they're already seeing me as someone who's close to their age. If they find out I'm in the circus, they're certainly not going to listen or um, take me seriously. And what I learned over time was bringing the full authenticity of what I had to offer and full, like being fully myself was really where it was at. And so as I grew into myself and who I was and learned and was encouraged by others to uh, not hide that and that that actually is an advantage, that is a trait, that's something, it's something memorable, it's something that kind of can show students that you can have different lives, you can have different interests, and they can all make up who you are, was really amazing for me to learn and grow into. And so over time, I went from doing it in like, areas where I wasn't necessarily teaching to truly integrating it into the culture of the school that I was in. So now I've performed at school festivals and school, uh, different, you know, things for the different schools I've worked in to be able to serve the communities and show them that I have another skill set that might be able to help them and might be able to give them more ideas for their own future. 
So like an assistant principal, now you welcome the students in the school with circus things ever? I, you know, I just juggle through the hallways all day, every day, you know, it's all I'm doing. <laughs> so actually I, I, uh, I've done different things for like pep rallies or, you know, school assemblies and, and then festivals, fundraisers, things like that. Uh, the most recent thing I did as I've started joining the keynote speaker rank and doing more professional um, speaking engagements is I actually presented at our uh, district wide kickoff event in the fall where I got to speak in front of our, you know, over thousand member staff and encourage them as we got started with the school year. And that was really neat because there I was speaking in front of mentors of mine and people who built into me over my own career. And I got to speak and encourage them as we got started and also juggle, but I also got the leaders in the district involved. So we had our superintendent of the district ate fire. We had some of our principals. <laughs> they used the fire hole hoop. They were on stilts. They made balloon animals. And so that's something that I've really tried to bring into the keynote speaking space is getting the audience involved in unique ways and getting them to untap and unlock their own potential in things that they never actually thought would be possible for themselves. I, I love it because if for you, for the, as a teacher, for your students, is a lot about giving that example. That learning mm -hmm. can be fun. You can draw outside the lines. You can embrace your the things that you love, uh, so that the inclusion, diversity, absolutely is there. And now you are taking that message to your colleagues, to other the teachers, and to even organizations. Yes, exactly. It's been really incredible to see the opportunities grow for. Example in the school setting, it's been fun to see pretty much every school I've been in, there's been at least a few students who have joined our company. And oh. it's been really special to have them join because they were maybe looking for a high school or an early college job, but didn't know where to start. And I was able to say, what about the circus? Try, try it. And they were able to, you know, figure out, oh my gosh, I actually can do this. I am able to you know, learn how to make face paint or make wood animals or work on stilts. And it's been neat to then work alongside some of the students that I've had. And then outside of the education realm, I've had people who have encouraged me that my message resonates with people, not just in the world of education. So whereas my, my entire experience has been in education, what I've started doing is expanding into the business realm and different organizations like nonprofits or even, um, you know, higher level companies that are really trying to untap their own employees potential. And so what I'm able to do is come into that space and say, what if I uh, juggle, tell a little bit about my story. It's an entertaining way to kind of see the um, message brought to life, but then I'm also able to offer workshops where people could learn how to juggle or people can learn how to make balloon animals. And it's in a workshop space where you're hands-on, you're participating as a, as someone who is learning. And I think it's really important for us as adults to take the mindset of a student and as a learner and remember what it's like to learn something new, to feel uncomfortable and remind ourselves of what we're capable of because we write ourselves off a little too frequently. And we say, well, that's not me. I couldn't do that. And I like to challenge that and say, no, you can, you actually are capable. It's never too late to learn. And it's been really fun to see that work in spaces outside of education as well. Love that. Never too late to learn. I absolutely am a believer on it. 
And also, you, you, because a lot of what I love about you, one of the reasons that I love about your work is this, it's a lot of mindset work of breaking uh, um, what people think that are limitations. Oh, I cannot do that. I'm too old for that. Uh, and you were speaking before of the the attitude of the mindset, say yes and figure it out later. So if something that sounds interesting, why not say yes? And then don't worry about, I don't know how to do it. That you can learn. Tell us a little bit about of that, uh, say yes and figure it out later kind of mindset or attitude. Sure. So my favorite example is Dave is the owner of the company that I have worked for for 16 years. He's amazing. He used to be a teacher and left teaching just to become this, to grow this business like full scale. And we're the largest entertainment company in the Midwest now. And it's been an incredible journey with him. And what I loved learning from him is he started out as a juggler. And then someone asked him, do you walk on stilts? And he said, Sure. And that meant he had to learn. <laughs> and then someone else asked him, well, do you make balloon animals? And he said, sure. And then that meant he had to learn. And over time, as he started hiring more people, because he was then getting booked so many times, he needed to have other people join him. He got asked for the wildest things. Well, do you also have trapeze? Sure. And then he's thinking, now I have to buy trapeze. <laughs> and then all of a sudden we had trapeze. And uh, do you have rolling globe? Do you have um, silks, like aerial silks, aerial acrobatics? And he just kept saying yes. And then, but then he knew he had to deliver on it. So then he's going online, he's buying the product, he's figuring out how to do it. He's finding people that are capable and can teach. And it's been such a fun joy for me to be part of the company Evolution because I joined with him when there were about less than 10 of us. And now there's about 80 of us on any given payroll. And so I've seen this grow and we have offered now over a hundred types of entertainment. We have an entire warehouse. We used to just be in his backyard. And so when you take that outside of the world of circus and how I've seen it evolve, you think about how many times are we limiting ourselves? He could have said, no, I don't offer those things. And then he would have stayed a really good juggler who offered juggling right? And there's nothing wrong with that. But how much are we missing out on by not saying yes to different opportunities? How often are we just saying, I'd love to do that. That sounds really neat, but X, Y, and Z. And, and I think that when I learned about the work you do and thinking about the mindset, that's, that it just jived so well with what I've gotten excited to talk to people about. Is it such a mindset? I think about me with the circus the amount of people that said that have said I could never do that. I I couldn't juggle. It's like I didn't. I wasn't born juggling. I just chose to spend the time watching YouTube videos, practicing, dropping a lot of j different juggling balls or you know juggling clubs, and I just spent that time doing that. It doesn't mean everyone needs to juggle, but what is that thing that you put your own limitation on, thinking, well, I couldn't do that. I don't have the time or the money or the space or the capacity. And if it's something that you want to do, if it's something that you are passionate about, why not change your mindset to think? you know what? I do believe I could do that. I do believe I'm capable. I would like to create the space or get an accountability partner to hold me to it and see what you're actually capable of. And it's really incredible to join people in the space of workshops or speaking engagements where I get to have them try something and they do it within 20 minutes. They're learning it or they're doing it and seeing them smile and seeing them realize, wow, you know what? I actually have lost this hobby of mine and now I'm really want to get back into this hobby. And I think it actually might add value to the workplace. 
it's been really fun to be able to join people in that in that space. And that takes us to something that is now very popular in education and I think even outside education and a topic that I love to speak about here in the mindset zone, that is the growth mindset. Yes. Many people have a fixed mindset around ab certain abilities and what they can do, what they can learn. And you managed to create an experience through your keynotes, through your workshops that in a limited amount of time, you prove in an experiential way that is so important that maybe you can do more than you think of. Yes, it's so true. I think we as educators get so excited about teaching those things to our students, whatever age they are. If you're in education, you get so excited about, I want our students to experience this learning. And I like to expand that. I do think it's important. I do think it's great for them to learn, but I like to expand that to all of us can learn. Just because we're now the educator, quote unquote, it doesn't mean we're tapped out. We still have a lot to learn and a lot of room to grow. And so exactly that growth mindset, I love talking about the power of yet for our students um, and for anyone that we're working with, the power of yet. I can't do that. And then yet. the challenge is yet. Exactly. That's exactly the challenge is yet. I can't do that yet. And so it's deciding, are you, are you someone who wants to just end there and just say, I can't do that? Or do you want to end with yet and then decide, you know what? I actually think I might be able to pull this off. And so I love just encouraging others and joining them in that space of confusion or chaos or doubt and being able to say, you know what? You can you just don't have the right tools yet, or you just don't have the right time yet. Let's, how, do we, how do we tweak your calendar? How do we get you connected with the people who can help grow you in those ways? And it's just been fascinating to see the ways that people have been open to learning and growing once they realize it actually is closer than they imagine. And uh, you also challenging the teachers because it's so easy uh, as the teacher to say to the kids, yeah, you should try new things. Yeah, you have to learn new things. And sometimes the the adult is stuck in their own set of limiting beliefs and you are challenging your colleagues. No, you can also learn this trick. You can also eat fire or uh, um, do this beautiful thing out of a, a balloon. Um, so you, you are challenging them to walk their talk and to uh, embrace in their day to day the grow mindset too. That's exactly it. And I would add that when we put ourselves into the role of learner, it allows us to build empathy for the student. And I think that that translates into any workplace environment as well, that the manager, the boss, the supervisor, when we humble ourselves and put ourselves into the role of the people we are supervising or working with or helping, we're able to remember what it was like to be in that position, to be, to learn, to grow and to feel uncomfortable and then realize, wow, we really have an opportunity to help them here. It's amazing. Love it. And the fail forward, because even in organizations, so they say that culture of uh, yeah, say yes and figure it out later and you can learn it. You can learn a new thing and uh, there will be things that don't work and that is normal. So you fail forward, you learn from it. So now what you can do next? That's right. It's exactly it. And uh, when you work in a, in a workshop, in organization uh, or in schools, what is being the most thing, thing that amazes you of the results that people are getting? I will give two examples. I think one was really incredible to 
speak to the district I was mentioning earlier, um, getting to work with some of the leaders in the organization with in a few weeks leading up to the talk. And I'd love to do this more with anyone interested, but being able to work privately with some of them ahead of time to give them some of those tools. So literally I met with one and taught them how to eat fire. I met with a few others and taught them how to walk on stilts. I met with a few others and taught them how to hula hoop with fire, a fire hula hoop. And then I met with a few others and taught them how to make balloon animals. And it was incredible. It was such a moment to surprise the organization on that day of speaking because then they weren't just looking at me, the entertainer and speaker. They were looking at their own people, the people they work closest with. And they were up there speaking and, and or not speaking, but demonstrating their talents that they had learned over the last few weeks. And it was such a surprise moment of, oh my gosh, they can make a balloon dog. They can walk on stilts. They can eat fire. And it was such just a moment, I think, for the whole group to see that happen because it's one thing to see the person who's supposed to do it. And it's a whole other thing to show that actually anyone can do this. And so that was really special. And bring that joy, bring the fun, yes. bring the positivity. It <laughs> yes, it was absolutely incredible. And then the other, the other example I'll give is when I do workshops, it's really fun to do workshops with people and give them a bag of balloons at their table. And of course they look at me like, what the heck is happening? And I just talk them through making a balloon dog is where I've started. Of course we can make anything, but a balloon dog is the simplest form of just a balloon animal. And there are so many parallels to making a balloon animal to life and to our work and leaving room to grow for it to be able to, um, you know, grow throughout the process and how we all have room to grow. And so there's just a lot of parallels there. And then at the end, like you said, with the joy piece, to see the joy on people's faces, that they've created a product and something that they've never thought they could do. And they actually find it's quite easy. It's actually a lot easier than they even expected. And then a lot of them want to do it again immediately because the dimensions are off or they realize, oh, it actually looks like a giraffe. I want to make it look like a dog. And so that, that unlocking of their learning and of their like abilities is so amazing because then they think about the takeaways that has in their workplace. So they think about, oh, you know what? There is that one project I've been working on that I think I had just tapped into something and I had let it kind of simmer. And now I really would like to revisit that because I just realized what I actually am capable of. And so just being able to put yourself out of, out of our comfort zones and into another space allows us to be way more productive when we get back into our workspaces. It's been neat to see. Love it. And the, uh, also resilience, or they say the material, the balloon is a resilience uh, material. Uh, if you put it in one shape, you can take it out and put it in another shape within limits, but there is some resilience there and the playfulness of, of, of all of it. It's so fun. I get to see adults just act like kids. And I always ask, when was the last time you did something for you like this rather than you were there for your kid? And a lot of people can't answer that. So that's been really fun to see. And exactly the resilience piece and also just the ability to the fail forward piece, right? Like they, of course, some of the balloons do pop and able to being able to show them, okay, so start again, you know, it's okay to fail. It's okay to learn. And then now you know how to blow it up differently for next time. So yes, there are just immediate takeaways that you can apply right away. And that's been a really fun 
uh, experience to have with those adults. Yeah, and you are creating a, what in psychology we call the zone of proximal development. Mm. Uh, you, you are creating something that is a little bit outside of their, uh, is outside of their skills that they enter with, outside their comfort zone many times. Yes. Uh, they possibly is going to be difficult for them to figure out by themselves, uh, or at least the man to match a trial and error that they are not willing to go through. Uh, but it's not so much out there that they uh, cannot do it in a, in a, with a structure and you are providing that zone of proximal development that they can learn with your guidance how to do something that they thought that was impossible. Yes, that's exactly it. I love it. It's been it's so fun to talk to you, someone who's in this space and in this work, because I do think it is there's so many parallels, right? And so it's been really neat to learn more about what you do because exactly that. It's like being able to encourage others that you are capable and finding that zone, so to speak, is really what it's all about because it helps bring out the best in all of us and in all of what we do. Love it, love it. So how do people can learn more about you? Sure. So I work with the Cincinnati Circus Company. So I do have my own page on their page at CincinnatiCircus.com forward slash Jen hyphen Mott. I go under the title Entertaining Educator. And so you can find Entertaining Educator on Facebook, Jen Mott, the Entertaining Educator on Facebook or on Instagram. I'm also myself on Facebook under Jen Mott and Instagram under J.Mott. And I would just love to connect with anyone. So if anyone would love, if anyone is interested to connect and, you know, have me come to any organizational uh, setting or meeting or anything like that, or just connect on how I could maybe help, uh, the email would be jenmott at theentertaingeducator.com. And I will make sure that all the links are under the show notes of this episode. Perfect. So thank you so much for your time. Really a pleasure to have this conversation and keep spreading that playfulness and breaking uh, new barriers of learning new things and helping people expand what's possible. I will. I will. I promise. And I really just appreciate you having me on. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you for listening and remember to visit mindset.zone. Yes, instead of .com, it's .zone. There you can find all the episodes and other amazing resources, all at mindset.zone. As always, I'm so grateful you are here. Expand what's possible for you, for the ones around you, for the world.